0: everyone and welcome to another episode of the mother kind podcast with me your host Zoe Blasky, where each week I chat about all things motherhood and well-being so if you are new here and this is the first episode you've ever listened to then a very very warm welcome and if you are regular then hello and thank you this week I am sitting and chatting with Jessica Huey, MBE. Jessica is the founder of an award-winning PR agency. She's the creator of colourblind cards. ES called her one of Britain's most inspiring entrepreneurs, and she sits on Glauber magazine's power list as one of the UK's most influential women. She is also a mum of two and a stepmum. And she's just written a new book called Purpose. Find Your Truth and Embrace Your Calling. And in it, she shares how, despite all that outer success that she was having in her entrepreneurial life, she actually, inside, felt pretty purposeless and unhappy. And the book is about how she changed that, how she went from that sort of empty place to living a much fuller life, a different life on the inside which, of course, translated to the outside for a life full of purpose and wonder. It is an amazing book. I've recommended it to so many of my coaching clients and friends. So if you listen to the episode and you do want to have a look at it, I really recommend you popping onto Amazon, look at some of the reviews as well and give the book a go. So Jessica and I chat about her background, her journey to writing the book.
1: Part of my path over the last two years has really been amalgamating everything and learning how to function in a practical world where power money and all of these things are very much a part of the structure of the world that we live in but staying true to me.
0: We talk a lot about spirituality. The book is a spiritual book. That's how I read it and i think that's why i loved it so much so we also chat about some of our other favorite spiritual books that jessica and i have both read and we have quite a few in common
1: the spiritual is definitely intertwined with the practical because once we get in touch with our sort of source power then we start to feel what it is that we want to bring forth into the world we also of course
0: talk about her parenting and her family life and what is next for her so I hope you really enjoy the episode if you did as usual please leave a review share with your friends and pop over to instagram at motherkindzoe and tell us what you thought we're always super keen to hear your opinions whether you loved the episode what you took from it or whether it didn't relate to you that's Good too. So let us know and here it is. So Jessica, welcome to the Motherkind podcast. I'm really, really happy to be chatting to you this morning.
1: Thank you for having me. It's lovely to catch up.
0: Well we first met at was it wells book launch, wasn't it? Her Hungry for More launch. And then I read your book and I just absolutely loved it and I knew that I had to have you on. So thank you so much for making the time.
1: Oh thanks Zoe you know it's lovely to make it happen isn't it and catch up after what feels like a summer that was years ago exactly <laughs> exactly and you
0: were just sharing that you took for the first time a proper chunk off for yourself. How did that feel?
1: It was great you know it 's always nice when you have an idea, you think, oh, it would be really nice to do x and then you actually bring it to fruition and I think it was about a year ago that I just thought actually I really want to give my little boy who is almost seven give him the kind of long experience you know several weeks in Jamaica which is where my dad was from and just give him that real sort of sense of connection and love for the island that I have and you can't do that in a week you know when you're kind of running around in a inclusive hotel so mm-hmm. yeah it was really important to me to have you know a good chunk of time where he could get to understand part of his ancestry.
0: Yeah such a gift isn't it and for people who don't know you and understand maybe how that was such a big deal for you you have had a massive career haven't you in PR and publicity so I guess to give yourself that full month off is quite a diversion from where you were before do you mind just talking to that and maybe just giving a bit of background to where you are today from where you've been
1: yeah no so I became a mum at 17 so my daughter is nearly 20 she's 20 this month and so very early on I stepped onto the hamster wheel of going back to college and then uni and quickly driven by this desire to make good having been you know become the black sheep of the family in some ways getting pregnant so I sort of worked really hard and quickly was able to build a successful career in entertainment and show this journalism and then PR and then later started a multicultural greeting card line which opened up the world of entrepreneurship to me when I realized there were no cards which Looks like my kids then more recently broke the book purpose so I've just spent many years really focused on doing and accomplishing the next thing so I've been fortunate to have lots of lovely holidays and travel lots for work but having a break which was more than 10 days I think two weeks at a push I've not done that since I was very very young it felt quite rebellious <laughs> <laughs> It felt quite rebellious at the time to plan that. And then you realise actually how normal it should be to create that space and to create lives which allow us to honour those desires and feelings when they come forth.
0: Mm. When you told me that you'd had that time and having read the book, that's really what the book was about for me. I read it as a book of a sort of spiritual awakening, you know, and I really relate. You know, I lived, I wasn't as quite as successful as you, but I I really pushed for the external validation in my career. I was deeply driven by fear and a need to be seen and validated. And I think the book for me as I was reading it, it really felt like a sort of living for the outsides and then your transformation to living for the insides and I think giving yourself that gift of a full month with your son to me feels like living for the insides not the outsides.
1: For sure definitely and I think it's an ongoing process isn't it? I'm not sure what your experience has been but for me I have to constantly check in with my motivations and that that intent is stemming from what's right for me as opposed to what everybody else is doing
0: (laughs) Mm, mm. because
1: we're so programmed that way and it's quite an alien way to be I think in many ways
0: yeah definitely I mean it's a daily thing for me I talk about it a lot on the podcast it's daily checking in with what feels right and true for me so how did your journey then I don't really like that word but (laughs) how did that unfold from having this sort of big outwardly successful career to coming into this more inner way of living. Can you talk us through that process?
1: Yeah I mean I was successful in terms of what society perceives as successful but my life wasn't working behind the scenes and so in my late 20s when I'd already way exceeded my own expectations and those of others and certainly I'd say society at large in terms of how they viewed young people who get pregnant very young and drop out of school. In my case, I was expelled. But yeah, my relationships weren't working. I was a complete workaholic. I was a control freak. I was a perfectionist. And I didn't enjoy being in my own head. (laughs) It wasn't a healthy place to be. And so I sort of embarked on this mission to fix myself because I thought I was broken and just tried things out, everything from therapy to all sorts of weird and wonderful courses which have varying degrees of effectiveness but it was when I discovered meditation that I would say I started to experience or certainly realize that it was less about outside help and more about my need to go inward and do less as opposed to find new tools you know it was not about accruing new tools it was about shaking off some of these masks and layers that I'd picked up over the years of habits and perspectives. So things started to improve through my 30s, but it really wasn't until my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer in 2016 that everything really changed. And that was because for the first time in my life, I became very present and that was transformational.
0: Mm. And what did you learn through that presence and that stopping and that coming into the moment
1: it's still difficult to put it into words which is part of the reason I wrote the book it was a profound period of time where there are no rules no need for roles when you are in that kind of space you know this space between life and death where you're with somebody you love very very much so the roles dissipate and the like the divisions that come with roles such as daughter and father for example the divisions that come with roles such as boss and employee as those things there were no need for them so the interaction was incredibly pure and it was the first time that I ceased identifying as the title on my business card there was so much insight and clarity that emerged from being in that very pure energetic space as much as it was very painful you know there was a lot of beauty there Mm. yeah (laughs) difficult to articulate
0: Mm, I've had glimpses of what you're describing and I think what's interesting and a lot of the people that I coach and work with is that so often as we get to that point like you were saying it's that total acceptance of everything that's going on in that moment and so many of us me included want to run from those big feelings like run from the pain run from the grief Did you find yourself doing that, like wanting to push the fuck it button, as I call it? And How were you able to stay with those uncomfortable feelings, which I can't imagine watching your father die, you know, must have been horrendous in so many ways. How did you manage to stay with that?
1: I think you're absolutely right. The temptation so often is to resist or to plaster over pain. You know, we do it in all sorts of ways, don't we? You know, alcohol, work, in my case. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Denial. (laughs) I felt I had no choice. I think because of this amazing bond that I I had with my dad, it was necessary. You know, I needed to honour that. And so I needed to step up. You know, I needed to be with it. I needed to be who he deserved me to be, which was present and with it and you know I kind of became his main carer and it was an honour to do so and and I in some ways feel like this sort of filter or curtain that was lifted away was my reward (laughs) for that Mm. there's so much to be gained and learned from our pain and Mm. yeah that was definitely Mm. one of the insights
0: I guess and I'm nodding along because I've had that experience where the the most painful things in my life have been without doubt the things that I've grown from and have given me the way of life that I have today. You know, There's no way that I would have started meditating, started going to recovery meetings. I wouldn't have done any of that had I not had some of the experiences that I had. But I think it's so easy to say that coming through the other side. And I know there'll be people listening in that pain. And it's hard when you're in it see that perspective, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it is. But even that, I think for me, because it wasn't about me, there's so much to be learned in that, you know, and I was fortunate to be around other people who were illustrating this incredible selflessness. And, you know, I dedicated the book to the carers at St. John's Hospice who came to help through the night so that we could get sleep here and there. And just being in the presence of people whose sole purpose is to support you and your loved one into the you know the end of their life and their last breath was just so humbling and so different to the environment that I'd spent my life operating in which is about acquiring and validation and power and selling it was like being returned home and really brought back to the truth of who we are beneath all of that Mm. stuff
0: so what's your view on that world now like, when you've been through this experience and, I guess, had this awakening of sorts, when you look back on that world, do you judge it? Do you see it in a new light? Like, where are you at with that? It's
1: an interesting dance. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It's a dance. It's about balance. I definitely try not to judge. I, you know, if I'm human it does. I don't always succeed. But I try not to judge because I understand. So it gives me a new perspective on everything, actually. And part of my path over the last two years has really been amalgamating everything and learning how to function in a practical world where power, money, and all of these things are very much a part of the structure of the world that we live in. But staying true to me, you know, Mm -hmm. that's been part of my work, if you like, to work out how to do that. But today... I'm very clear that actually where we experience fulfillment, joy and that true sense of purpose is where we are of service to others. And if we can keep our focus on that as much as possible, everywhere from our relationships to our professional life, then we're on course. It's where we fall off and make it all about us that we can start to feel disillusioned and like we don't know really what we're doing.
0: Yeah, well, I guess in sort of, you know, Eckhart Tolle would, you know, I'm obsessed with Power of Now at the moment. I'm rereading it again for like the 50th time. We'd call that ego, like stepping into our ego where we think the world revolves around us and it's our need for validation and our need for a promotion. And, and of course, my experience of chasing that stuff was that it brought me nothing but inner deadness inside, if I'm to be frank. It brought me no joy. And so purpose obviously the name of your book. Do people think when they look at it, that it's sort of given your background, do they think it's like a business book or, because I guess actually it's a deeply spiritual book. It was my experience of it. And, you know, I wonder, are people receiving the book in that way? And what are you hearing from people that have read it of what they're taking out from the book and how are they applying it to their own lives? Well, thank you
1: for receiving it the way that you did. and. Um- I'm really humbled by the response to the book, and I think people are receiving it in the vein that it was written, which was from a very real, raw, honest, vulnerable space. Yeah, it is a very spiritual book, and that was scary for me to share that really quite new in many ways part of myself. But I think as a result, people connect with that truth. And been really moved to have people get in touch and say they've actually taken action in their life having read the book. You know, they've made changes. They've resigned from their job and stepped full time into running that purposeful business. And, you know, really amazing impact. So I think it's intertwined, isn't it? The spiritual is, is definitely intertwined with The practical because once we get in touch with our sort of source power then we start to feel what it is that we want to bring forth into the world and then action is required in order to do that and have that impact and make that difference so there's definitely a business thread to it and I think some people pick it up expecting that because of my background but thankfully people have stayed with it (laughs) 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 and not got upset when it's not about press releases (laughs) and
0: Well, I think a truism of life is that people receive things with the energy with which they were created. So because the book is created out of such heart and love and service, it's not surprising to me that people are receiving it with that energy. There's very little, very little ego in the book was my experience of it. It was really just a story of, and I guess a common story of someone pushing for all those outer successes, getting them, and then of course it not giving what we think it's going to give. So what's your purpose today?
1: Well, it's staying connected to my truth, to my higher power. It's exploring that and staying connected to that. That is my immediate focal point of my life. Yeah. And everything else comes as a result of that. So I think our purpose is evolving. It's not something which is fixed. But yeah, my sole purpose right now is to... To stay connected, to stay aligned as much as possible, and allow myself to be led from that space, mm. so everything that I do is a byproduct.
0: Mm. And can you just break that down for people that are listening who maybe haven't experienced? Could you explain how different it feels to be led from that connected place to how it felt being led from that sort of fear ego? place so that someone can really relate because if they haven't experienced it I guess you know I'm nodding because I get what you're saying but it might be helpful for people who haven't ever had that experience
1: it feels like a relief (laughs) it feels like a relief you know I really started with nothing I didn't know anybody in the media I was spent some days staying in a hostel you know when I was pregnant it's a very fearful time I had four GCSEs and everything I created in my life from flying around the world on jets and working with superstars and all this stuff that lauded me accolades and awards and things I did through pushing and through feeling like I wasn't enough but it was exhausting and Mm. it took its toll on me and as much as there were lots of fun you know I don't want to it wasn't all bad (laughs) I had fun in my 20s in moments but it was never sustained because I couldn't be with myself it wasn't sustainable and I thought the outcomes in my life were solely down to me And that I felt often unsupported. My parents would help me in terms of childcare, but I didn't come from a family that had a black book of contacts. You know, we weren't professionals. I grew up in a council estate. So I was often the only person from the backgrounds that I was from in the room. And all of those kind of feelings of imposter syndrome were always there. And the difference today is that I don't believe I'm supported. I know I'm supported. A deep knowing that it's not just down to me. And that when I feel weak, I can kind of turn it over. I can ask for that help, whether it's through a walk in nature or through my meditation or through yoga or through just through writing sometimes. I can access support and I've experienced it. And it's a very, very different view of life and everything, which brought me peace. (laughs) You know, it's brought me real peace. So it's a relief. That's how
0: it feels. And what is it that is giving you that support? Like, I guess some people call that God. Some people call that higher power, which I've heard you say. I call it a sort of energy of love. Do you have a sense of what that is?
1: I don't know. And I changed the terminology. You know, I refer to God, but it's not God as in some kind of form. You know, I believe that this higher power is within us and that it's not something which is, if it's God, then it's not a God which is separate to us. It's something which we are very much a part of. But that part of us is almost untapped for so many because we identify with ourselves, you know, as this physical body, which actually I've come to experience is really just momentary. And it's a vehicle for this powerful spirit, which is the truth of who we are. And that spirit is within everything that is natural around us. And it's part of our pain and suffering comes from being disconnected to this universal spirit and power which is within everything that is living and each other which is why when we stop interacting and communicating with each other from these masked identities and titles on business cards and roles it's incredible we you know we realize this beauty and we feel this love from this true connection which is always there, but so often we're disconnected because we identify with who we vote for or where we grew up or the colour of our skin or our gender. But actually, that's not who we are. It's probably a long way to answer that
0: question. (laughs) No, it's a beautiful way to answer the question. I think it's important because, you know, I've had the same experience where, you know, I say I live a spiritual life today, and by that I mean that I know I'm not my thoughts, And I know that I'm being guided. So you mentioned that phrase, handing it over, and that's something that I do. And how do you do that? So say you've got a dilemma. It might be helpful if you gave something real or something you've been through. How would you approach that now as opposed to how you would used to approach that?
1: There's all sorts of different ways. I mean, I love to write. So writing for me is a spiritual process in itself. I used to dance as a kid, I used to get lost in dance and I'm feeling more and more that that's something I need to go back to Mm. because when we're in that space where we're not thinking, you know, we're outside of our minds, we're outside of trying to control how we come across or how we're perceived, then we're in this different energetic space which is very pure and the support that we need is there, it's not in thinking, it's not in intellectualising, It's about withdrawing from doing any way that you can. And for me, as I said, that might be writing, or it might be doing some yoga, it could be meditation, it could be prayer, it could be walking through the park, sitting in the garden under my tree with my back against it. Or sometimes it's just the wall and feeling supported, lying on the floor and feeling myself held, reminding myself that I'm held and saying, hey, I need some help with this one, you know. (laughs) But it's about getting out of our heads and our needs fix and control and trusting, having faith, that's a hard thing to do if you haven't had an experience which suggests or which allows you to access this sense of knowing. Because I, had, I spent my whole life, I went to Church of England school, would say thank you to God and my prayers as a kid, but that was it. That was the extent of my spirituality. I believed that there was a God, but it wasn't something which had any real impact on the outcomes of my life. So this is a very new way of being for me, which I think is important to say because it starts with being open and curious and considering the possibility that actually there is more to who we are than just this physical body and mum, girlfriend, daughter, that there's more. So you've got
0: a 20-year-old and a 7-year-old.
1: Yeah, and I also have two stepkids as and well. Two
0: step kids. And two stepkids. And I'm really interested to know whether you've noticed their energies changing as you started living this sort of different way of life or what are you sort of teaching them about this? Or are you not teaching them? Are you going to let them just experience it like you did?
1: It's a bit of both. It's fascinating to see the girls who are 16 and 19 have their own very active curiosity into spirituality, You know, whether it's the law of attraction or vibration or all of it, the whole spectrum of personal development, We Are Not Our Thoughts, Power of Gratitude, all of it. They consume these books, you know, of their own accord. And, you know, I go to talks with the girls and expose them to ideas and speakers that I think are going to be useful for them just as a support in their own lives Mm, because that's what this is, you know. And the little one, my little one, the same, you know, I seek out, books and things which are relevant for him it's not about bombarding kids but it's about creating an environment where they can evolve and just be the best of who they are and where we can just nurture their innate passions and gifts you know as Mm. opposed to trying to mold them into our predetermined ideas Mm. about who they should be
0: yeah and that obviously comes from a place of fear Mm. How has your parenting changed as your insides have changed? Have you been able to let go of control and perfection in that relationship, which I know is so triggering for so many of us?
1: It's an ongoing work, isn't it? The relationships have improved all round, but it's an ongoing practice because in my case, I have habits that have been with me for many, many years and actually beyond me are inherited through generations and ancestral lines, which... I'm not serving our family. There are dysfunctions that I didn't recognise were dysfunctional. (laughs) Like what? What sort of thing? Things like just sort of shouting. Shouting, you know, like sometimes we shout, but there are other ways. There are other ways of expressing. There are other ways of communicating. You know, I grew up in a family where if, you know, if we were naughty, really naughty, then we'd be sent to get the belt Um, and we'd get smashed. You know, it was occasional. It was probably three or four times in my childhood. But these are very normal things for the background that I come from in terms of Caribbean families. And then for children who grew up in families of immigrants who came to this country. And I don't even know if it's just an immigrant thing. Perhaps it's a working class thing. But again, driven by fear, our parents wanted us to be doctors, lawyers or dentists, if you're Asian, teachers, if you're, you know, Caribbean or African, because these were seen as safe careers where you were guaranteed income, you were guaranteed respect, you were guaranteed a sense of belonging and being part of the institution of the country, which for immigrants who came in, despite their qualifications, they weren't. And they were always slightly on the outside and looking for that sense of belonging and that safety and security. So that's not the way we should be living. We should be serving and honoring living our lives is the truest expression of who we are and that's what I want for my kids
0: that's my sort of parenting philosophy as well as just I just want to get my own stuff out the way enough okay. that I can enable her to be exactly who she wants to be and I'm challenged all the time with it like she's going through this phase she's three my little girl and she wants to wear the most bonkers outfits and always to like the things where I want her to look really nice <laughs> and it's really interesting i can feel my programming of being yeah. like get that horrible neon hoodie off and put this pretty check you know dress on you know it's hard it's really hard because that part of me is so still wants to be enough to the outside you know and I always have to say to her sometimes I'll say you know mummy is really struggling with letting you wear this but I'm going to because this is important that I don't let my stuff get in the way of who you want to be I mean she obviously has no idea what I'm on about but it's it's (laughs) it it's good for me to like voice it in that way gosh it's going to be a life's work for me for sure
1: I think for most of us, for sure (laughs) (laughs) so if
0: someone is listening to this and their interest has been piqued by your sort of journey and they're going to read your book but where else would you suggest that they start you mentioned meditation you've mentioned talks you've mentioned yoga where do you advise people start to come into this inner stillness
1: i think decide to prioritize it This exploration of who we really are is the most incredible adventure that you can embark on. And as a result, everything in your life will improve, change, be better. And so decide that that's a priority for you and become curious and start to question. And part of the way that we can do that is by looking at what we consume. So... Yeah, read my book, but read other books, listen to audio. It's about shifting from this reactive way of living where we just do what we do because it's what we've always done and we think what we think because it's what we've always thought and deciding to start to become aware of what we think, how we live, the habits that we have, and whether or not they are in line with who we really are.
0: Mm, it's so I think important.
1: There's, lots, there's lots out there, you know, we're so spoiled we're so fortunate to have so many different particularly in London you know places that we can go and talks we can listen to and just kind of explore what resonates with us
0: and was there one book on your journey that really spoke to you or more than one maybe
1: yeah the power of now was powerful for me too a return to love Marianne Williamson lots of Maya Angelou's work so many then recently I read the untethered soul which was really very beautiful honest book but I think it's different things for different times of our life isn't it sometimes we could pick up a book and it's just not the right time and it doesn't connect with us and come back to it 10 years later and you're like wow you know I needed to read this so yeah yeah well I first read The Power of Now
0: when I was 22 I'm only just I mean you get it on so many levels it's a very powerful book but Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Living this sort of way that the right books fall into your lap at the right time. So I always say to people, you know, look for that random email that you didn't even remember signing up for, you know, and then there's a book recommendation on it. Or, you know, I think we do get guided to the resources that we need at our time in our journey, don't we? So maybe someone listening to this is going to be guided to your book. So at the end of every interview, I always ask the same question, which is, if you could give one thing to all the mums in the world, what would that be and why?
1: I think it's the conversation we've just had, ironically, Zoe. I think it's this very conversation in the hope that it might spark their interest and encourage them to go off on their own little exploration, because I think there's nothing better, as you said, you know, you want to get over your own stuff enough that you can be the mother that you want to be to your kids and I just think that is the greatest gift so yeah I hope that somebody listening has got something from this
0: I'm sure they have well thank you so much
1: my pleasure
0: So that was the episode I hope you really enjoyed it if you did then please 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 leave a review it does make a massive difference if you leave that review on iTunes I do read every single one and I'm deeply grateful also if you want to send me any comments or thoughts about the episode it's zoe at motherkind.co or on Instagram where we really do continue the conversation At Zoe underscore motherkind. And I also wanted to let you know many people don't realize, but I do work one on one with mums. I'm a trained and certified coach. So if you want to work with me directly on transforming any area of your life, inner life, or something you want to manifest or change in your outer world then get in touch. I love working with mums. I have amazing results through my programme. So I'd be honoured to support you. So if you feel like the time might be right for you to transform, then drop me a line. Zoe at motherkind.co. And I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Take care.